Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. Here we are. It's week 13. The Chicago Bears are 5-6 and six on a five-game losing streak. And the Detroit Lions, with a new head coach, they're coming to town. And that's exactly how we all predicted this season would kind of unfold way back when the Bears beat Detroit all the way in week one, right? I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and even though this losing streak and it feels like the Bears, it's just not fun for really anyone to cover right now. It is a new week, and I'm excited to be behind the mic for yet another episode, our weekly game preview. And to help me look at the game ahead, I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, today is the 35-year anniversary of the Super Bowl shuffle, and the only shuffling that we have in store for us is probably some top-to-bottom change. Isn't that just awesome? Yeah, and that's that's the thing, Will. There's going to be a lot of shuffling, and it could be, you know, maybe cause for excitement because there's maybe better things to come from it. But honestly, no team, no fan base wants to be in this position. Like you said, five and six, and it just doesn't even – like we were talking about, it's week 13 already, and honestly, I want it to be week 17, you know, just being over with at this point. But, yeah, a lot of reshuffling in the Bears' future for sure. And also, uh, a pre – Early, well, I guess it would be not pre and early, but an early happy birthday to you, Nick, uh, on the December 4th. It's your birthday. So for most podcast listeners, probably the same day that they're listening to this episode. Uh, any big plans for your birthday this year? Well, my girlfriend has something planned. I have no idea what. She um, told me just take a half day at work and we'll go somewhere. And I'm like, all right, I could, I could do that. I can get out of work early and we can go do something. Obviously, with COVID, we'll see what that is. But, yeah, so I'll be doing something tomorrow. With the girlfriend, awesome. Uh, are we allowed to say her name on the pod? Yeah, Stephanie, yeah. I was absolutely. like, I, I didn't want to do it first, but I was like, awesome. I'm excited for you and your day that you're going to have with Stephanie. Sounds like it's going to be a great time. And a uh, happy birthday to you. And a early present is going to be talking about Bears-Lions. Aren't you excited? 
<laughs> I uh, sure am, Will. I mean, <laughs> Bears-Lions uh, in this type of season, it, it really gets me excited here. You know it. I mean, this is this gets me juiced, uh, as Matt Nagy would say. And let's just jump in to our preview and share our initial perception of the Lions. And I'll begin. They're not good. They're 4-7 and seven for a reason. They're dealing with uh, multiple issues, whether it be uh, talent-wise or injuries all year long. And on top of that, they just released, of course, you know, Matt Patricia. Let him go. Uh, they let go of their GM as well. But I told you on the postgame show, I really don't like playing against teams under uh, interim head coaches. They always seem to have more energy, focus. It's that spark that just any kind of change creates. Guys play harder, maybe even uh, a little bit looser. And again, Detroit, they're still a bad team, but the Bears are a bad team. And this extra energy to deal with, knowing that the Bears are a team that struggles to actually create energy, to me, is a primary concern heading into the week. But how about you, Nick, when you're looking at the Lions? What's your perception of who they are this week? Yeah, the Lions are still exactly who they were in week one and have been for years now. They're the Lions, and that's why they get it's this negative kind of connotation that they have to their name. But honestly, Will, what you were saying about the coaching change, I wish they would have just made the decision after this game because we know the Bears and Matt Nagy have had success against Matt Patricia and this coaching staff and just what they've done defensively so maybe things kind of change up a bit for this matchup but again it's a team that is going to rely heavily on their passing game there when I was looking at the rushing statistics just to see hey where are the Lions at of course they're near the bottom of the league so it's a lot of the same things that we've come to know from the Lions over the years but it's going to be an interesting one no Matt Patricia where the Bears have dominated them over the years so it'll be an interesting game for sure yeah I, I wish we had Patricia in front of us how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client robots don't know you we do at Farm Bureau Financial Services getting to know you always comes first together we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This week, again, interim head coaches, I did some research on them. Actually, a lot of people have done research on them, which helped me and mine. They don't do good. It's not like they have, you know, there's a lot of them that have winning records and they don't really go on to the next things. But I always feel like that first game with an interim head coach, I always feel like I'm watching inspired football. And again, going up against this Bears team that was anything but inspired against Green Bay. Uh, to me, it's a concern, and hopefully the Bears can find a way to create some of their own energy because I know Detroit's going to be bringing it themselves. But, Nick, let's move in to our show a little bit further here. Let's talk about this Bears offense and what we're looking at this week. Uh, first and foremost, David Montgomery, he's coming off a big week, his first 100-yarder of the season. Uh, obviously, I think he will be a key. Uh, the reshuffled offensive line had some pretty good results to a week ago that hopefully can translate here in back-to-back weeks. And the Lions defense, they're not great against a run. 28th in the NFL, but yet again, the Bears offense, don't forget, they're dead last in the NFL in terms of rushing yards too. So it's bad against bad, but when it comes to David Montgomery, what should expectations be here in his second game coming back off of that concussion? Yeah, well, I think this is a good matchup for Dave Montgomery, this Bears rushing attack, and really that reshuffled offensive line to continue some of the things they were doing even last Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers. I don't think that the 
Detroit Lions linebackers are very disciplined when it comes to just filling their gaps or even when play action passes to the running backs out of the backfield. That's what Houston on, on Thanksgiving really was able to exploit in their matchup with the Detroit Lions. So I look at a guy like David Montgomery who really got going 143 total yards against the Packers on Sunday night. I think he can really expand on that in this game against the Detroit Lions. So, yes, the matchup is there for the Bears. And we've had matchups previous in this season. But as we've all come to know, the Bears just sometimes don't capitalize on those things. But I do like, I did like what I saw from that reshuffled offensive line with Cody Whitehair at left guard, Mustafa at center, and then even Alex Bars at right guard. I liked how they worked um you know obviously the bears have had their issues blocking but i would say on sunday night we saw some good things from that unit hopefully they can continue it against the lions on sunday yeah and david montgomery has ever since Tariq cohen went down with injury has kind of stepped into that role as a receiver out of the backfield i just pulled up here on my phone because i forgot to write in my notes but you kind of jogged my memory ever since cohen's injury he's had at least five or more targets in seven games uh, and again, that's something. Wait, let me actually let me double check. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, quick counting doesn't always work. I thought seven may have been a stretch because he missed that game with a concussion. So six games, he's had at least five or more targets, and I expect that to kind of carry over. And Nick, again, the Detroit Lions defense is not good. Uh, whether it be Montgomery on a linebacker or just if they're playing zone, getting him into space, uh, they should be able to find him as an outlet, as an option. And I do think this would be a game where he can put up some good yards, both on the ground, fingers crossed. We'll talk about that later, um, as well as a receiver. And we kind of glossed over, though, Nick, that reshuffled offensive line. Obviously, it had some uh, early return on investment. It paid some dividends there. And something I'm curious about, this is a bigger topic kind of question, but Sam Mustafer at center looked pretty good. Do you think if he gets to keep the shot throughout the rest of the season, which seems like he will be, could he be potentially an option at center next year, moving white here over to guard with Daniels at guard as well? And again, you can probably have a Fetty if he's going to be playing right tackle still, maybe take over a Bobby Massey. And again, I say this and I'm like, that's still not like a great scenario. I understand this, but just knowing the Bears cap situation, uh, the long-term planning they're going to have to do, they're going to have to find some budget options up front and that at least Mustafer may be one. We'll have to see how he plays throughout this year, but just curious if you do see this as a potential audition for Mustafer, whether it be with this coaching staff or another. Yeah, well, it's so funny that you actually bring this up because my coworker and I were literally talking about this maybe an hour and a half ago about the offensive line and the guys that were playing in that Sunday night game. And you could see what Sam Mustafer could really do throughout the rest of this season and possibly leave him at center because I think – Look, Cody Whitehair over the years at center has been shaky. I think last year was much better than he was this year. But I think his primary position is a guard. And with James Daniels being left, I think you would move Cody Whitehair to right. I think that would just provide some stability um, for this offensive line and allow Sam Mustafer to really grow in these maybe could be meaningless games once we, once we see how this re- season really plays out. But if with the cap, with where this offensive line is currently at, why not try some of these younger guys and see what they're capable of doing? Because, look, they're going to need to find – they're going to cut some people. They're going to have to have, I guess, inexperienced guys playing positions next year. And why not give them the audition right now in a season that doesn't look like it's going to go very far? Exactly. And the sad part is, though, it's like I say this and the optimist in me is like, hey, you know, maybe he could grow into this role and it's 
a, a decent plan. And then I just look at the offensive line, how we've seen it play out, and I'm like, if he wasn't good enough to start over some of the other guys, is he actually going to be that much of a difference maker? Again, that could be talent evaluation internal, though, being poor, which I'm definitely open to questioning at this point in my Chicago Bears fandom and where we sit as a franchise. So I think we can't keep options off the table, but we can't get our hopes too far up uh, when it comes to some of these uh, lesser-known names playing, uh, especially right now for the Bears' offensive line. But anything else on that? I thought, obviously, it was improvement. Uh, I, we need to see if it can be sustained improvement and not just that instant change spark improvement that's uh, almost kind of like a facade, uh, like we've seen with this Bears team uh, a couple times here this season already. But anything else on either the running game, David Montgomery, or the Bears' offensive line? You know, just one more thing on David Montgomery, just looking at the linebackers again, it was Reggie Raglan and Jamie Collins that, for some reason, Patricia and that defense decided, hey, we're going to leave these linebackers on an island with these running backs. What I would love to see Matt, Matt Nagy do or Bill Lay, whoever, um, in the game plans this week is to really just, when the play clock is nearing its end, motion out David Montgomery late. That's going to force Detroit to either play um, their corner on David Montgomery, or maybe just have the linebacker go out man-to-man, have him run a vertical route, a wheel route. Both those routes against the Houston Texans for the Detroit Lions gave those linebackers that I just mentioned fits. There was a P.I. in one and a touchdown given up on the other. So I want to see the Bears really utilize David. If it's not going on the ground, you got to find ways to get him the ball at least through the air. But I think this is a matchup, like I said, where whether it is on the ground or the air, David Montgomery should have an impact in this game. And it can't just be checkdowns, and it can't just be the screen game. They need to have design routes for him going up against this defense. And utilizing motion, like you said, would be key. It's something that uh, it's been missing. Uh, they did a little bit against Green Bay, but for crying out loud, when you do it late in the snap count, you have to put, you put the defense a little bit of pressure on them because they have to adjust, whether it's their man coverage and making sure that the assignments are right or honestly stressing out a zone on one side of the field more than they were anticipating. And so it's – it's simple stuff that the Bears don't ever seem like they're interested in attempting. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, Nick. Uh, it would be a, a poor missed opportunity for the Bears if they don't find a way to get uh, David Montgomery in space. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Cordero Patterson this week compared to last week. Uh, before the bye, Bill Lazor had a big infatuation with him. We all know David Montgomery is out, but it was a lot of the Patterson show. And last week, the roles neutralized and minimized. And I wouldn't be surprised because against the Lions, they had a, a kind of a, a workload carry that was divided up between Cohen, uh, Montgomery, and Patterson to have more of Patterson in this one as well. All right, looking down at my list. Up next, I have Mitch a.k.a. the Lion Slayer. He's going to remain under center this week, something that worked well on Thanksgiving for the Texans. Nick, you and I were talking about this, was Houston's ability to kind of utilize play action. Do you think we'll see some of that or more of that from the Bears this week? Obviously, it's going to really depend on what they can do with our first talking point with establishing the run, making that a factor. But do you anticipate or would you at least like to see the Bears run some play action? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, again, keeps Mitch Trubisky comfortable. And I just saw the success that the, the Houston Texans had against the Lions on Thanksgiving. That that play action influenced the middle of that defense so much, just moving people out of place to open up windows right behind. And I think Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy would be foolish if they didn't utilize play action. And we'll see if that comes to fruition come Sunday. But with what we know about Mitch Trubisky up to this point in his career and 
Um, with the offensive line itself, it's smart to use play action, split the field in half, give Trubisky an option that if it's nothing's downfield, just run with the ball. Deshaun Watson was making um, some runs himself where he was just gaining first downs just with his legs. So it would be smart to utilize play action. Let's see if the Bears actually do it. Yeah, and, and again, you have to run the ball first. Uh, it's hard to run play action when you are the dead last ranked running attack in the entire league, um, but definitely understood. And when we're looking at who Mitch can potentially be targeting, uh, someone that I think we should be paying attention to this week would be Anthony Miller. He always seems to have uh, big games against Detroit. Uh, he actually has two games over 100 yards against the Lions. And don't forget, he did come up uh, pretty clutch with that game-winning catch all the way back in week one. Whether it be Anthony Miller, A-Rob, Mooney, uh, the tight ends, what are you expecting from the Bears uh, and their targets and how you expect uh, this offense to hopefully uh, move down the field? Yeah, when I look at this Detroit Lions secondary, there's definitely some matchups that I like, whether it's Desmond Trufant, oh, he's uh, gone. whoever the outside... Oh, he's gone, so that's even perfect. Yeah, IR. IR, so w- the next guy up might be, and I can't even pronounce his last name, Amani Oriwarie, maybe. Well, the the big thing that I saw with him, number 24, and what who gave him fits last week was Will Fuller, just utilizing that speed. I see a guy like Darnell Mooney just really looking at this matchup and being like, okay, I can get some big plays just like Will Fuller had. And if we use that play action to kind of get people out of out of space and move them just a little bit, windows should open. And I like that matchup a lot in the slot. Whether it is Darnell Mooney or an Anthony Miller in that slot against Awarie, that's someone that I think Trubisky can look to target, take advantage of, and just get some really easy yards. That was the thing with De- Deshaun Watson and the Texans. They were just getting easy completions and I'm like man that would be nice to have uh you know just on the Bears offense but again we will see if that can happen nothing's easy with this Bears offense though we know that there's there's no reason to expect anything to be easy uh it doesn't matter what defense you're going up against this Bears offense this Bears team uh makes everything uh, much more difficult than it needs to be but you said it I mean with Desmond Trufant going on IR uh and also Jeff Okuda I don't think we're gonna see him it looks like he's still uh dealing with an injury as well and we missed him in week one because he wasn't even I guess ready to play in the NFL uh at that stage of his career so we're gonna be missing him again uh, you do have good matchups. It's just a matter of can we capitalize uh, on the matchups that are in front of us. And I think that's the question. And you and I, can we can sit here and we can BS and we can take 10, 15 minutes and say, this is the types of plays they need to run. This is when I would target Allen Robinson. These are the different formations and how we can you know exploit the defense. But at that stage of the season, Nick, I don't really think we need to go into that great level of detail. Uh, again, five games in a row uh, going in the wrong direction. Uh, I think we just need to uh, cross our fingers and just hope that they can find a way uh, to do something against this uh, below-average defense that we'll be going up against this week. Anything else against uh, this defense or this Bears offense that you wanted to at least bring up or discuss? I know we have some more uh, sections throughout the show that will at least be mentioning them, but I uh, didn't know if you had anything else on your radar or not, unless you want to talk about uh, Bears wide receivers liking tweets about having to go to different teams, uh, which is interesting. Again, it is 2020. You have to take uh, Twitter somewhat, not seriously, but if they are liking tweets like that, you know, whether it be A-Rob, uh, whether it be Anthony Miller, it's uh, it's interesting about, oh, we need you on this team or on that team. And, eh. 
Yeah, I think with that, um, you know, they could be liking it because, okay, what these people are crazy. I'm not going to go to your team just acknowledging it. Or it, there could be some to it, but it is Twitter. We see a bunch of interesting stuff on Twitter, to put it uh, lightly. Um, I, I guess one other thing to just be looking at um, for this offense is we know in the first matchup between the Detroit Lions, the, the tight ends weren't a factor except for the Jimmy Graham, you know, one touchdown that he, he got um, in that game. But other than that, the Bears didn't look to target Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham. And will that change? We haven't really seen that production in terms of targets and receptions and, and yards through since week one. And we're now in week three, 13, people. So it's, it's been a while. Can can Bill Lazor, Matt Nagy find a way to get their tight ends actually involved in this one and to be a factor? That's all I'm asking for, you know, just to be a factor. And, I mean, that's a lot especially given that the offense itself is not a factor in, in most games. But I, I would like to see the tight ends possibly get some production in this one. Hopefully. And last week we did see a big upswing in Cole Komet's uh, snap count share compared to Jimmy Graham. And I'll be interested to see if that continues. Uh, does Komet start to take some of the, the bulk of those snaps compared to uh, Jimmy? And if so, can they find ways to get Komet more involved in this offense uh, instead of just you know random targets here and there, can you have to be game plan for and become a factor in this group? So yeah, that's another really good point. All right, up next we're gonna be talking about the Chicago Bears defense. But Nick, before we do that, we need to tell our listeners a little bit more about our partners at Manscaped. And before you do, I do want to let people know that we did a shave the bear challenge where I actually had to make a video of myself because I won the challenge. I don't know if I won or lost. It really depends on perspective. Um, but I had to use one of their brand new trimmers to take down my beard. And I made a video of that. We played it on our live show. Um, but here for the podcast listeners, of course, they can't hear, I guess, me shaving with some music over it. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. So if you want to watch me shave uh, with the Manscaped product, head over to our YouTube channel and find this video for this episode, and you can definitely watch it. Um, but for you, you get to hear Nick talk about his experience uh, with Manscaped. So, Nick, take it away. Yeah, as you guys heard on this podcast before, Manscaped has released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hairs sticking out of places they shouldn't be. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair maintained and controlled like you do for the area below the belt. With the holiday seasons already here, there's a lot to be thankful for. And your significant other will be thanking you after you clean up those unwanted hairs sticking out of your nose and your ears. So do everyone a favor and clean up this holiday season. And do that with the Weed Whacker. This premium Manscaped device uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes... And you'll get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. What are you waiting for at this point? It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TCA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TCA. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. I actually did uh, when I did the beard earlier today, Nick, because I was like, you know what? I can see a few in there. Why not? Uh, it's quiet. It, it gets the job done quick. It charges in a few minutes. And again, it lasts 90 minutes. And again, that's going to last me a, a long time. But it was uh, it doesn't pull on any of the nose hairs or anything like that. It was a, 
pretty incredible experience. So definitely check that out if you can. Again, code TCA, 20% off. Also gets you free shipping over at manscaped.com. Nick, let's get back to the task at hand and let's look at this Bears-Lions matchup a little bit deeper and let's talk about this Bears defense. And earlier this week, uh, we're off of Thanksgiving break now and my kid came up to me one day after school and he's like, you know, Dad, I had a really interesting revelation at lunch. And I was like, what? He's like, well, I got my food, got my, you know, got everything. I sat down and on my milk carton, there was one of those missing messages. And it was, they're looking for the Bears' pass rush. It's been sorely missing, uh, especially throughout this losing streak. Uh, in fact, Nick, I took a look at some of the numbers since week seven, which was that loss to the Rams that kind of started this entire downward spiral. Since then, the highest Bears uh, in the NFL in terms of pass rush, the highest Bear, uh, there's two of them, they're tied. It's Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. The, they have a total of 14 pass rushes. Uh, in terms of actual pressures on quarterbacks. Uh, they're both tied for 49th uh, in the NFL over that time span. Uh, next is Bilal Nichols with nine, which ranks 84. And for a defense that you have Cleo Mack in the top 10 and in the past, you know, Leonard Floyd somewhere like in the 40s and Akeem Hicks somewhere in the top 15, top 20, this is a huge drastic downturn. And as you mentioned, I didn't even talk about Robert Quinn yet. I took a long time to find him, Nick. If you had a guess over okay so pass rush productivity for pff you understand that one a little bit that's like pressures quarterback hits uh and hurries uh divided by all their different pass rush snaps and like they give you a, not a grade but like a metric for that you, i'm just making sure you understand it before i give you the mm-hmm. yeah yep. okay what number do you think he ranks in the nfl so out of um, can i get to where where it's out it's, of what's the, how many people are there <sighs> I think it was like 207-ish uh, in terms of the list that they gave me. It's 20% of all the pass rush snaps. He had to at least play at 20% of the highest. Uh, so he's, and honestly, he didn't even make the 50% cut. So he had to be in the 20%, which is not good uh, because he should be on the field a lot more, rushing, rushing the passer a lot more than that. But uh, yeah, I like 200 and let's just say seven. He's 180th. Oh, wouldn't that be terrible? No, no, no. It's 195. Ooh. <laughs> like, I knew it was bad, Will. I knew it was bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. That man is being paid way too much money to be n- nearly the bottom of the league in pass rush yeah. productivity. That's unacceptable. I-, I kept scrolling from page to page. I was like, where's Robert Quinn? Where It took me four pages to find him. And I was like, holy cow. And I could have cheated and I could have searched in my browser for Quinn, but I wanted to go through the process of just watching all these other names scroll in front of me and then again he's on the very last page towards the very bottom of the list and uh, that's during our losing streaks obviously he's not helping matters but obviously if the pass rush is big uh well the lack of it's pretty large anything about it uh that you wanted to mention here on the show yeah i think just we're not seeing guys just win those matchups and i mean look aaron Rodgers on sunday night had all day to throw will he didn't i don't Mm -hmm. think he even worried about who was coming at him because it it wasn't a factor in the game to be completely honest and you know it started really early on that first drive where obviously the bears on what that third down attempt drop eight and only rush three and one of the guys in coverage is robert quinn so they uh, Chuck Pagano figured, hey, he looked at that statistics like he's probably better in pass coverage. He's not, Will. He, he's definitely not better in pass coverage than he is in rushing the passer, and he stinks at rushing the passer this season. So it's a lot of factors that go into it, but 
when you don't have Akeem Hicks, I really do think that has a trickle-down effect on everybody. It really does because it was what? Akeem Hicks and Cleo Mack were wreaking havoc in the beginning of the season. Akeem Hicks was, Akeem Hicks was having a, himself a season. And now things have just really tempered off in this losing streak. And, um, again, it's individual effort. It's maybe the stunts aren't working like they used to. And you have a guy like Robert Quinn who non-existent. And you know he's not going to do anything. So it's a bunch of different things that's leading to the lack of productivity from the pass rush. Yeah, and we used to get some decent production from other guys like Amingo in there as well. They kind of help supplement or make up for the lack of Robert Quinn. But, I don't know, the the three-man rushes don't help, Nick. Uh, So you really allow teams to triple uh, team Khalil Mack. But, again, I think actually my stat that I mentioned, uh, that Hicks and Mack are tied for the lead for the Bears at 14 pressures each I think that's telling because Hicks has missed about a game and a half now uh, with that hamstring injury so the fact that he's still up there uh, with the Kalumak just shows how important he is and how vital he is but even when he was healthy we know that this pass rush is struggling and when you take him out of the equation it just gets dramatically you know just dramatically uh, worse Uh, so that's uh, not good, and the Lions aren't really good at protecting the passer. The Bears only had one sack in the first meeting between these two teams, but uh, yeah, the lack of pass rush is a concern and one that we need to be uh, keeping tabs on or uh, keeping a lookout for, uh, whatever way you want to kind of use perspective on this one. Um, but Nick, like you, I'm old enough to remember uh, when Adrian Peterson ran up and down this Bears defense during the season opener. Okay, I'm actually old enough to remember every big game that AP has had against (laughs) Chicago. Uh, Looking at his season, his 93 yards in week one remains a season high. Uh, So does his three catches for 21 yards. Uh, The Bears were very, and I mean very soft against a run last week, just getting gashed and gutted up the middle without Akeem Hicks on the field. He is still day-to-day with that hamstring injury. Uh, I'm hopeful we can have him back. The Bears are sounding like he should, the key word there is should, be able to play this week. But if he's out, uh, we're, in a, we're in for a world of trouble. I don't think there's any other way to really explain that. But if he comes back, Nick, can the Bears potentially stop Peterson this time? Will they have a sense of personal pride, as a certain coach would say? I would hope so, Will, um, because when you look at what happened last Sunday night, the Bears were just beat off the line of scrimmage, and it wasn't even close. Like, these pack, these Packers offensive linemen were just pushing them off, and, it like, the, the Bears defenders had no resistance. And when you see what, what happened in the week one as well, a lot of the similar things. So does Akeem Hicks just fix everything? I don't know if that's going to happen, and you don't have the depth that you did early on the season. You saw a guy like McCullers who was who had to play significant minutes. Well, that's not a guy you can really rely on. And what against um, maybe Tennessee? Like it, it kind of worked, but now teams are figuring out like this is not as strong of a unit as it once was. And if the Bears come out like they did against the Green Bay Packers, it, it's gonna Adrian Pierce is gonna look like his old self, the guy that we saw in Week One and obviously years before that. And, well, like, the the Detroit Lions in the third quarter, they were down. But they started off that drive, the first drive of the third quarter, nine straight runs. Houston couldn't stop it. Again, the Detroit Lions only get a field goal out of that, but they showed some commitment to it. They're not – they don't have a lot of rushing attempts on the season near the bottom of the league like the Bears. But if the Bears – if the Detroit Lions see that, hey, they're getting success. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. 
Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Productivity out of the run game, they're going to stick to it. They're going to try to see what they can get out of it and then set up play action like we want to see from the Bears. But I hope they can stop them because it will be a long day if they can't. Yeah, uh, honestly, um, we talked about this entering the first week, all the PTSD uh, that we get from Adrian Peterson. And it did not take long for him to uh, trigger all of that. Uh, remind me of everything that I never wish uh, you know I, I actually had to encounter as a Bears fan and it's another week where watching what the Bears run defense was allowing uh, particularly between the tackles whew, man uh, I get worried and I know DeAndre Swift he's been iffy if he can return or not with a concussion uh, his last game was in week 10 which was his first career start and he also had 149 total yards uh, in that game and you know, we have Mitch, the Lion Slayer, but they also have, you know, Adrian Peterson, you know, the, the Bear Hunter. So it doesn't really matter uh, either way here. Uh, but I do think even if Swift is healthy, they're probably going to try to lean on AP a little bit just because of his history against this team and what he's able to do, what he did week one. And then if Swift does get out there, I know he gave us that uh, gift uh, earlier this season, but he's a factor, too, that we need to be paying attention to uh, as well. Is there anything else uh, on the Lions as a rushing team that you want to talk about? No, I think the big thing, Will, is like we have these highs and lows with this Bears rushing defense, yeah. right? And I think you may have said it probably on the last podcast going into the Packers game. Like, do you, you know, buy in to what the Bears defense is doing against the run? And, I, you know, given the past couple of games, they look good. And then they have the Sunday night just blunder there against the Green Bay Packers. So what – what Bears defense is going to show up? That's all I want to know for this this Lions team. We're just going to have to wait and see. I, I hope they're a pissed-off unit that saw the film last week and they're embarrassed and they want to make it right. Uh, are they going to be that unit? I don't know. Uh, again, every time I would put my trust into them, my faith into them, I get burned this year. Uh, so I'm back on the I'm going to wait and see mode. Uh, do, I know they have the talent. Not all the talent that they should have, but they still have a lot of talent up front. Uh, and on top of that, too, especially if Hicks comes back, um, and on top of that, too, uh, you know, with Roquan and Dan Trevathan, they have the linebackers, they have the supporting cast to stop the run, to be a good run defense. It's just a matter of will, desire, you know, personal pride. Uh, you got to throw that in there uh, just one more time. Uh, I know, Nick, you and I didn't solidify a, a third talking point for this defense in general. Again, we have some more about them coming up here soon, but is there anything else that's kind of on your mind as we kind of talk through this that you wanted to bring up here at this point? You know, in this kind of game and what we saw also against Sunday night, like Eddie Jackson, look, there were times where he whiffed in the open field on, what was it, Jamal Williams running up the middle and then obviously being tested down the middle. I think it was Tunyon with the the deep touchdown. It's like I want to see Eddie Jackson just be himself. He's been the one talking amongst the media this week, having this personal pride and, you know, uh, again, going back to Matt Nagy, but they hold themselves to a higher standard. And Eddie Jackson, um, you know, acknowledged that. that They weren't happy with their performance. I want to see guys like that just make plays. We've seen it before. We've seen it before from individual guys, but it just hasn't really happened this season. So a guy like Eddie Jackson, 
I want to see a big play being made uh, on Sunday because he's definitely he's got the skill to do it. Just hasn't added up this season, and we got to see if he still has it in him. All right, I think that's going to do it at least for the defense to talk. Uh, I have some. Uh, points coming up here about more of the matchups through the air that I think are interesting to me. So I'll save those for uh, a little bit later on the show. And uh, getting into our next segment, uh, every week we look at a couple of X factors. And uh, Nick and I, we called an audible and we said, with a five game losing streak, and we also have to do back breaking matchups, eh, we'll skip the X factors, at least the ones on the field this week. And that way we can focus on really the X factors that moment uh, that matter. Uh, and that's going to be those listeners who took some time to support our show throughout the week. So Nick, do you want to let people know how they can uh, help us out, support the show? And uh, also we have to give out some shout outs. I have one over here on my end. Yeah. I'll start off with my shout out and it comes or shout outs going to Aiden Hill and will Aiden's actually the son of one of our other listeners, Elizabeth, the one you called, Queen Elizabeth. So, hey. Aiden, yeah. So, um, just want to thank you, Aiden, and your just your gracious family for for the donations in the past. And it's awesome that you also listen. And you know, uh, it 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 really does help us out with everything we're doing here. But will I will pass it over to you to give out your shout out. Awesome. Yeah, I have one that came in from uh, Carol. A uh, very generous donation um, from Woodridge, Illinois. Uh, Carol saw that come in right before uh, Thanksgiving, and I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, that was something I saw, I think, the morning of Thanksgiving, and it put a big smile on my face, Nick's as well, and it was something that uh, really means a lot to both of us. So, uh, Carol, wherever you're listening, thank you again uh, for your donation over there on PayPal. Uh, and also I want to say thank you to Prince Aiden uh, as well. You know, if you have Queen Elizabeth, you're going to have Prince Aiden, too. But, Nick, you want to let people know how they can support our show in the future? That way they can get a shout-out. Absolutely. Well, and uh, I like that. Prince Aiden, Queen Elizabeth, perfect. So if you want to get a shout-out on the next podcast, here's how you can make that happen. You can either send a donation through Venmo or PayPal. On Venmo, you can look up the handle at the Chicago Audible. should see my name and the Chicago Audible logo. And then on PayPal, it's www.chicagoaudible.com dot com slash paypal one more time venmo at the chicago audible paypal's www.chicagoaudible.com slash paypal i never understand which way to put my finger and i'm trying to point at graphics on the screen i'll figure those out one of these years but let's move on here nick uh to our back breaking matchups and uh our back breaking matchups this week you have offense i have defense uh do you want to uh flip an imaginary coin you're just going to take this thing usually offense goes first wasn't there a player that flipped an imaginary coin to get on the Bears in the first place that he's been non-existent this whole entire season? Yes, Robert Quinn was that guy. Let's flip an imaginary coin, Will. You do it. <laughs> right, do, I, do I just go? All right, heads or tails? Heads. I don't know. I lost a quarter like we lost uh, Robert Quinn, but uh, I- I'll go I'll go tails. I'll go first. Uh, we'll talk about this defense. We'll keep the train rolling here. So for my defensive backbreaker, uh, we focused on the run defense earlier. And, again, we all know Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, they're going to be needed um, in order to slow down those backs. So I'm going to shift my focus over here a little bit, and I'm going to have uh, Danny Trevathan versus TJ Hawkinson. Uh, there's one thing that I remember week one was that the Lions really picked on Danny Trevathan in coverage. Uh, I expect them to do the same here this week. Uh, if Casey won a reminder, uh, Trevathan allowed six catches for 95 yards and 55 yards after the catch back in week one. The Lions had success uh, when throwing to the tight end as well. 
Uh, looking at last week, uh, Tunyon for Green Bay had himself a really good game Sunday night. And I'm sure the Lions see that and are going to want to try to see if they can get Hawkinson some of those easy touches in space. And if they do, it's going to stress this defense. Uh, week one, they did it in a few ways. They would hit him up on screens uh, when the Bears were playing man coverage, uh, particularly either with uh, Trevathan or Buster screen and coverage, doing a little bit of crossing routes. And then whenever the Bears were playing zone, uh, bunching him on one side of the formation and having him run to the corners to kind of beat uh, the, the coverage between the corners and the safeties. So it's not going to all be on Danny Trevathan, but I do think he's our biggest potential liability here, uh, which is going to be why I have this as my back-breaking matchup. But he isn't the only receiver that isn't like a, a Marvin Jones uh, that we need to worry about. And I got another one, but I'll save it for later. So, Nick, for you, who's going to be your offensive back-breaking matchup? Yeah, just watching this Detroit Lions defense, I'm like, who's going to give the Bears trouble on offense? And, you know, there's they have a couple of candidates, but number 98. I'm like, who is 98 for the Detroit Lions? And then I forgot. The Lions got Everson Griffin, a guy that we've all come to know from his time with the Minnesota Vikings, but he was giving the Houston Texans left tackle some trouble. And then I look, well, who's the Bears left tackle? It's Charles Leno Jr. who was getting bullied all last Sunday night against the Packers. So this is a game where Everson Griffin's familiar with Charles Leno Jr. They've gone against each other a couple of times over the years. And now coming off a bad game against Green Bay Packers, that could be a back-breaking matchup to where Mitch Trubisky, if they're not using play action, has to be a pocket passer. Hey, Charles Leno hasn't given much of a pocket to really stand in, deliver, throw, and find that open guy. So this is one where... It could be bad where, look, we saw Mitch Trubisky throw interceptions. We saw him fumble the ball. Should have been a penalty, just saying. But if Everson Griffin is able to play like he did last week, and look, the stats are not going to you know, uh, pop out there, but he was getting after Deshaun Watson, and what saved Watson was his legs and trying to avoid Everson Griffin when he you know, had to. So I'm looking at Everson Griffin versus Charles Leno Jr. He also lined up against the right tackle, so it's not just a Leno Jr. versus uh, Griffin matchup, but that's where he primarily lined up at. So that's what I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on on Sunday. And if Mitch gets pressure and he uses his legs and he's running towards the sideline, he should throw the ball away before stepping out. Is that the is that the smart way to go about things? That's what you should do, Will. And, you know, just because you bring that up, that's something that happened in training camp. Remember, people were losing mm-hmm. their mind, like, how can Mitch run out of bounds? It's training camp. Oh, no way. He's not going to do that in a real game. He did. He was on the bench <laughs> for, what, uh, eight weeks, nine weeks, and comes out. I don't get that. That's just common sense, and Mitch Trubisky clearly doesn't have it sometimes. I think it was like five weeks, but it, it feels like, no, wait, week three. Yeah, okay. Three, I guess you're right. Yeah. I guess you're right. It does. The, the season's been so Time fast flies. yet so long, man. I know. It's nuts. But all right, all right, all right. Uh, let's get back uh, to it. Uh, we have to find out who has the edge. And it uh, looks like I'm up first. I have the Bears run offense <laughs> versus the Lions run defense uh detroit 19th in yards allowed uh per rush at 4.4 i mentioned earlier in the show 28th in yards per game allowed 133 but if you look at their last three games they are eighth in the nfl uh only allowing 94 yards on the ground per game uh they also lost 
starting defensive tackle Danny Shelton uh, to injury. He's now on IR. Uh, so if the Bears show up like they did last week, I think they can run the ball against Detroit. They did put up 149 on the ground week one. And again, that was a team effort between Monty Cohen, Patterson, and Trubisky as well. But unfortunately, I just don't trust the Bears enough to even give them a straight-up edge here. Uh, I do have some confidence. Uh, again, confidence may not even be the right word here, uh, especially going up against this Lions defense. But again, I can't really give the advantage to the league's worst rushing attack, no matter who they're lining up up front right now. So for me, the edge goes to Detroit. But if the Bears do run the ball and run it effectively, I'm not going to be overly surprised. I just don't think I can give them the edge here on this show. So that's who has the edge there for me. Nick, going over to you, you have that Bears passing attack versus that Lions pass defense. Well, if there is one team that Mitch Trubisky's had success against, it's a Detroit Lions. Since he, you know, Matt Nagy got here, he's thrown for three touchdowns in every game. That he's played the Detroit Lions and you know he's looked good he's given he's given us that false hope that he can turn the corner after a game against Detroit everyone's like can Mitch Trubisky put another game together to solidify him turning the corner and becoming a good quarterback honestly well I think we see another game like that but the the biggest factor in this one though Matt Patricia is no longer here Matt Patricia loved playing man-to-man just man defense and that's something that Trubisky could identify and give his playmakers an opportunity to make plays. I wonder if things in the middle, look, week 13, do things really change all too much? I don't know, but you mentioned it in the beginning of the show. So for some reason, these interim head coaches, when they bring them in, there's something new. There's a little bit more motivation. Maybe that happens, but I will give the edge to the Bears because this is the team that Trubisky probably circles on on the schedule every year. Like, I could do this. I could be the, the number two overall pick, and he, he does show some success. So I will give the edge to the Bears in this one. There you go. It's like a, I don't know, a little pat in the back, like the one, like, oh, that's like the that's the easy one. I like, It's like when you do a test and you do the, the answers you can do, you, you know you do those first, then you go back, and then you do all the ones that – uh, you're kind of questioning uh, the Lions are the ones that you would do first, at least if you're Mitch. But, uh, Nick, you are up next again. Bears run defense versus that Lions rushing attack. I'm curious to see where you're going to go with this one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's again, toss the coin. You, know, you don't know what you're going to get with this Bears rushing defense because they're just so up and down. And Akeem Hicks being added, even a limited Akeem Hicks, does definitely help this unit um, just depth-wise and just the caliber player that Akeem Hicks is. But Detroit had success week one, and the Packers had a bunch of success just last Sunday night. And like I said, Detroit, not the stats don't show that they like to run the ball, but they did against Houston, and I think the game just got out of hand to where they had to abandon it. I think Detroit's going to try to run the ball on the Bears. And when it comes down to it, I do think they'll have the advantage here. Like I've, I've said too many times on this podcast, well, that I trust the Bears' rush defense. And for some reason, I get burned too. And it's just something that I can't give you the reason why, but it happens. So I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with the Lions actually having the edge in this one because that Bears' rush defense, I just don't know what you're going to get each and every week. It's literally like a box of chocolates, uh, as Forrest Gump would say. I mean, once you said it, I was like, oh, I'm good. it's coming out. And like, I couldn't even stop. My myself. brother was watching it today, too. It's so funny. My brother huh. was watching it. And- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring 
then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And I'm like, I know where he's going with this because I was literally watching it with him earlier. So crazy stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, was it Dan that was watching it? It was Sam, actually. Oh, Sam was see, watching Lieutenant it Dan, that would have been perfect. It, it would have been. It just mashed up. We almost got it. We almost had a perfect Forrest Gump moment here towards the end of the show. Tremendous, by the way. Uh, I never saw that one coming when we started this one. So awesome. Uh, looking up here for me, Bears pass defense versus that Lions passing attack. And uh, for me, it does look like, hey, good news. We may avoid, looks like we will be avoiding the, uh, playing Kenny Gallaudet yet again. Uh, so we don't have to face him at all in 2020. Uh, he's dealing with a hip injury. Uh, it does look like the Lions will get Danny Amendola back, perhaps. Uh, he's back to practice after missing some time himself with another hip injury. Uh, and this is the one that I actually wanted to mention uh, earlier, um, but I kind of paused because he had himself a really good game against us in week one, uh, in particular on third down. He had four targets on third downs, and he converted every single time. Didn't matter if it was third and four, third and six, third and 13. Matthew Stafford was looking for Amendola, and it worked. Uh, he was on Trevathan, he was on Buster Screen, and I expect them to try to do the same uh, because both of those would be favorable matchups for Detroit. Now, when you look at the pass rush, they did allow four sacks to Stafford last week, and they have allowed the six most sacks on the season, but this is kind of where I stand. And again, we're going to live or we're going to die uh, by the pass rush, and the Bears only got that one sack against Detroit week one. We need more than that. We know if Stafford has time, they're going to move the ball down the field. Uh, this week, I think for me, the term edge uh, for this one, it's going to depend on perspective. Uh, I don't expect Stafford to have a game like Rodgers did last week. He's not going to convert on a crazy high percentage of his throws, but he's going to probably throw it a decent amount. They're going to put up yards. The Bears' secondary won't make things so easy in coverage, but again, if the Bears don't get any pressure on Stafford, it doesn't even matter. Talent-wise, I believe the Bears have the edge, but really it just kind of comes down to execution, and that's kind of where my concerns lie right now. But I'll still give the Bears the edge. Um, but if they move the ball through the air, don't be surprised either. Uh, after what we saw last week, I just you're not going to see a an ungodly type of performance out of Stafford. But I think he can be effective, uh, and potentially that could be enough to be dangerous. But uh, talent-wise, I'll give the edge to the Bears here, and we'll see if they can kind of put all the pieces together. All right, Nick, it's time to get into the final portion of our show, and it's not any of those. It is that one. It is our bold prediction is what we need to start things off with. Uh, go ahead, Nick. What's going to be your week 13 bold prediction? Yeah, and I don't even know if this is that bold because it's happened so many times in the past, but given what the Bears quarterbacks have looked like this season, I would say it is pretty bold. I say that Mitch Trubisky is going to throw for three touchdown passes. He's done that in every meeting uh, except his rookie season. Had two games there with Matt Nagy so far. Hey, he's going to do it again. And even though there is a coaching change, and like I was talking about earlier, I don't know how much the defense is really going to change, but he's had success, Trubisky, against the Detroit Lions. And my bold prediction is that, again, he will throw for three touchdown passes like he always has. All right. So, bold but not bold but still bold so it's i i, I kind of teetered on it as you're talking about it i'll, I'll let it pass 
for me, I'm actually going with offense too, uh, surprisingly. Uh, I'm going to go with David Montgomery, and I have him pegged for uh, over 110 rushing yards and one touchdown uh, on the ground. Now, it doesn't sound bold, um, but Montgomery has never had back-to-back games of 100-plus rushing. Uh, He averages actually nine games between uh, his 100-yard rushing games, so take that for what it is. Um, And he does not have a single rushing touchdown against the Lions yet in his career. So both those feats together, although not crazy individually, are still difficult for this offense to accomplish. Uh, So, again, maybe the Bears will have some personal pride up front and be able to run the ball. We'll see. Um, But, Nick, uh, I actually kind of want to cry for a minute because our bold predictions for the offense is like a normal day for almost any other offense in the NFL. And these have to, unfortunately, be our bold predictions, which is remarkably sad. Yeah, it's it's it. You put it that way, Will, and it's so, so true. But they're bold in this Bears offense, and that's why they work. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, moving in uh, to the next one here, we need to predict who is going to be uh, our MVB when it's all said and done. And Nick, uh, I'm in line with your bold prediction. I don't know if this is one of those weeks when everything ties in for you, but uh, it, it feels like it will be. But for me, I'm going with Mitch uh, as the MVB, the Lion Slayer yet again. I believe, Nick, this will be his last big hurrah uh, as a Chicago Bear. This will be the last good game, big game from his standards, however you want to look at it. Uh, And then from here on out, either he'll fizzle, he'll get replaced by Foles again, probably a combination of the two, and then it'll be dust in the wind, and uh, we'll we'll try to figure it out yet again. But against the Lions, Nick, you talked about the touchdowns. Uh, Just looking at his career stats, 106 pass rating against Detroit, 14 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Uh, I feel like a good day's incoming, and uh, it'll be enough to be our MVB. And it may be the last time he's ever our MVB, uh, which is sad, uh, appropriate, but it's kind of where we stand right now. But uh, as you are nodding your head, are you agreeing with me here? I am agreeing, Will, but maybe I'll just go out on a limb and say, and you know what? Robert um, we have someone in the, sl- uh, in, the, in the chat here that Darnell Mooney, could be an MVP, and we were talking about some of the matchups. Omiwariye, number 24 for the Detroit Lions, is not the best cover guy. Darnell Mooney has speed. Can Mitch Trubisky connect with him and get just a couple big plays? That's all you need for Darnell Mooney, or you just need to give him an opportunity, and he could do the rest if you get him out in space. We have yet to really see that, so I'll go out on a limb. Crazy MVP will be Darnell Mooney. Thank you, Brow Slat, for putting that in there and giving me Something to, again, something to think about. Because I, I think there is an opportunity for Darnell Mooney to make some big plays. Just got to see if my guy Charles Leno Jr. in that backbreaker match will give him time and allow things for to happen. Or, you know, the, the arm and the delivery and the accuracy of said ball, too. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of variables here <laughs> that uh, once you get into them, uh, you know, you, you do the Jonah Hill, now. kill it, and <laughs> you, you move on with life. But, Nick, we have to, we have to pick who's going to win this game. Uh, our record's here, 8-3 and three in the year. I'm 7-4. and four. I'm still mad. I, I thought the Bears can beat the Saints. And, again, went to overtime, so we were close, um, but I'm still that game back. And I got to find a way to at least tie you here because I do not want to be uh, the guy repping all the NFC North in downtown Chicago here uh, at the end of the season. Uh, so who do you got winning? What's the final score? And uh, we'll go from there. 
Yeah, well, it's not all the NFC North. It's everyone but the Bears. So you're That's not even fair. repping the Bears. I don't know. Um, I, but, at this stage, Nick, is it almost more embarrassing just to wear Bears gear anywhere uh, than you know anyone else? That's a really good point. Um, we'll have to talk about that. But I have, I have the Bears winning this one. Will um, like I said, it's the one team that they've actually had success against, and I like we're both anticipating that Mitch should have. Uh, maybe this last big game and i think it's very possible so and this is one of those weeks will where the bold prediction that the mvb and you know the final score all kind of fit into each other i have the bears winning this one 24 to 13 i think this is a, a day where the bears can feel proud of themselves but it's against the lions it's against the lions so um it's not really saying much and what they'll go to 500 yet again and be in the hunt like they they've always been good not really uh man i i have a similar outcome to you i'm really debating if i want to try to get my game back um but i have the bears winning i'll stick with it i'm not going to go against that <laughs> don't know how many other times i'm going to have that feeling here on a, on a preview show yet again uh, so i'd rather maybe flip my hand towards the bears later this year than away from uh as probably terrible as that it was going to be for me. Uh, but my final score on my notes here, I had the Bears 21-20. Uh, it's going to be, to me, it's going to be a real close game. Uh, and so from there, uh, for all the reasons that we talked about, uh, I think the Bears could squeak it out just like they did week one. Uh, we'll see if they can overcome some of that energy. And I feel like I say this every week, and I swear to God it's more true every week, though. It's really hard to lose six games in a row, Nick. <laughs> it's really hard to lose that many times. So, let this be Mitch's big hoopla, his last, you know, his ride off into the sunset moment. You know, good job. You can beat Detroit. Uh, let's just have this one. Uh, at least that's what the hope is, at least for both you uh, and I. So, Nick, uh, as we kind of wrap things up, game picks, there they go. All right, and uh, confidence meter. What's going to be your confidence meter in this game overall? You had a, I'll say a decisive victory by Bear standards, so uh, you must be relatively confident. Yeah, no, I don't think my, my game score and my confidence meter are any correlation there. Uh, like, this is right now like a 6.6, just because it's it's Bears-Lions game. Like, I know the Bears have had success. They also had, you know, success against the Minnesota Vikings, and you saw what happened there. And, like, they, had, they were able to keep Rodgers in check in the Matt Nagy area for, you know, relatively a good amount of games. So, and that didn't happen. So... I don't know what to really expect. I do think the Bears will win. It's probably closer to your outcome, Will, where it's a closer game in terms of the score, but confidence, I'm like at a 6-6, around there, and we'll we'll see what happens. But um, I do think the Bears win this one. Just not very confident with it, though. Okay, yeah, you're sixing, you're sixing and all these. I'm just like, eh, that does not sound uh, friendly at all. Uh, so you're kind of worrying me over there. Uh, for me, my confidence, I had a one-point game. I'm not confident. But the Bears, I have them winning, so I'm over five. I put 5.2. I'm hoping that will wake Khalil Mack up. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't going to be a 9.4. Uh, I'll tell you that one. So <laughs> I figured 5.2 is uh, my next best guess here. But like you, Nick, I mean, not – confident uh that they can win this again when you're losing five in a row what kind of homers would we be for like the bears are gonna win it's detroit they can always beat detroit we're moving on to the next week like that's crazy talk uh for this team that we're watching this year it's gonna be it's gonna be a one score game they're gonna make you hate life probably 10 times before halftime and then another 15 times before the end of the third quarter 
and then we'll see what happens in the fourth quarter. So I'm already kind of mentally bracing myself for the mediocrity uh, that's going to be in front of us here uh, on Sunday afternoon. But, uh, Nick, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap things up? You know, I'm just glad that that the primetime games are out of the way. It's noon. It's not something that, you know, there's going to be everybody watching. No one should be watching this game. It's Bears-Lions. They're both really out of the playoff hunt, even though you'll see the graphics. Or Bears are still there. But, yeah, I'm just glad that those are out of the way. And like you, I am bracing myself for what should be some bad football. And you know we'll see some some spurts of some like oh that's that's what an NFL team looks like and we don't have that here but yeah it's going to be very limited I think will in terms of those like actual good moments but hey we'll we'll break it down afterwards and I always look forward to doing that with you and each podcast. Yep, same. I mean that's the best part of my Sundays now is like, hey when do I get to hop on here and talk to Nick? I do think. Uh, depending on how they shake out the TV schedule in my viewing area, I would be really interested in doing a live stream throughout the whole game and just watching it. Well, I, that's so, again, uh, I don't know if like, I've had these conversations before earlier today. I'm like, man, it would be cool if we did that. Just watch the game. Not that I'm going to have like crazy reactions or anything. I'm usually just taking notes, but we can go like live and yeah, like we, we can be snarky at the right moments, and we can be like, oh, you know, okay, a golf clap at some <laughs> other moments. It would be interesting, and I don't know if that would be uh, something on the podcast podcast or if it would just be for YouTube and our live stream audience. Uh, I would have to debate that. I, I think it would make the most sense for the, the live audience. I don't think anyone wants to re-listen to a podcast of someone talking about a game that happened in real time. I think that wouldn't – at least it wouldn't sit well with me. We can talk about it, but I believe – uh, I'll, t- I'll look at my schedule and I'll let you know, and I-, I can figure out a setup to have the game right here in front of me while we're streaming, and I'm sure it can happen uh, just with us living in different areas of well, kind of the country. Uh, one of us will be uh, in front of the other, so that would be the only thing I'm concerned about, but at the end of the day, uh, I- if I had to be spoiled, uh, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I think we can make it work. We'll just have to, you know, I guess – find out the details and stuff and we'll we'll get to you guys when that happens honestly it may be interesting right if a bad play happens and you're complaining about it and then i get it on my side like oh that's what you're talking about that may be interesting but yeah yeah, that may be something just to kind of tinker with or experiment with uh as we kind of end uh this season again i think we're at the point nick where we can start doing some of those things because just the standard typical week of game previews and post games we got to find a way to spice it up because the bears aren't going to do it for us Absolutely. I completely agree with that. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone here who's watching to the live show. Uh, really appreciate it, whether it's Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we really do appreciate you. And, of course, to the uh, podcast listeners all across the entire globe, thank you so much for tuning in for uh, another game preview. I'm sure when you see the words game preview pop up on your feed, uh, for the Bears, like, uh, okay, fine. I'll give it a listen. But uh, I understand that it does get a little bit harder uh, with seasons like this uh, as we kind of go through it. Uh, make sure, if you can, if you haven't yet, please rate, review our show on Apple Podcasts. That helps us with uh, potential sponsors in the future. And if- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.
course, and probably more importantly, reach more Bears fans just like you. Uh, we'll be back as soon as the final whistle blows on Sunday. Maybe if things work out, maybe Nick and I can do that live stream and be live a, a little bit sooner. Um, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.